Good evening, people. It's Chris from Chaos Movies, dropping a another fabulous uh, little rant on a on a movie that I've watched several times now, and I keep forgetting to actually talk about it. Believe it or not, um, it's a Netflix original, and it was out in two thousand seventeen. Originally meant to be released in two thousand fifteen, but uh, they chose two thousand seventeen after Netflix had picked it up. It is, wait for it, drum roll. No, no, no drum roll. It's just the babysitter. It's simple. This movie, to me, never really appealed. I saw the name several times until, I think at the time, it was my 11-year-old nephew who's, who watched it, or he was 10 at the time. And I'm like, you watch the babysitter? You mean the babysitter where the 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 title of the movie has sort of got a knife in it and a bit of blood dripping off the off the title. It's like, yeah. Because it's pretty cool. Are you sure you're allowed to watch that? Still didn't know anything about it and he didn't tell me. But <laughs> right. It's a it's a it's a it's a com horror, right? So it's it's a funny one. It's directed by McGee, written by Brian Duffield. These two dudes have got quite the ensemble of um, things under the belt. I mean, McGee, in the way of directing and producing, has done uh, Charlie's Angels, Terminator Salvation, We Are Marshall, The Babysitter, um, Holiday, you know, just Tall Girl, Rim of the World, Shadow Hunter, Mortal, you know, whatever, Lethal Weapons TV show, Behind Emmy Lyons TV show, the writer himself, he's done a crap load of... Um, Writing uh, Love and Monsters Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart, Insurgent. You know, just they've been around. They're not a massive, massive powerhouse, but there's a lot of producers attached to the film and maybe that's worth noting. I'm not sure, but I had an absolute ball with this film. There's so much in it, but it's so simple, right? So let's just say, before I mention the cast, storyline, it's called The Babysitter. In Australia, we don't really do that much with babysitters. I'd never had one growing up. My brothers were my babysitters at the time because I was the youngest and they were the oldest. But there really was no need for a babysitter. But it turns out that in the States, like uh, teen movies and babysitters and it just seems to be a normal thing over there. It's like, a, it's like they spend a lot of time focusing around when they're growing up. They've got summer camp or they've got babysitters. Or they got the prom, or you know, just really normal things for them, and babysitters one of them. So this is a pretty cool story about a young kid uh, being bullied at school, not popular, looks a bit geeky, dresses differently. Another thing that American shows seem to center themselves around, and he's got himself a babysitter, and his parents are going away for the weekend. And he's obviously been friends with this babysitter for a while, and. She knows everything about him and they gel really well. And yeah, so that's how it starts. I mean, fuck, the story is way more to it than that. But we've got uh, the main characters basically is Judah Lewis. He plays Cole. Samara Weaving, our girl from Oz, she plays B. Robbie ML plays Max. Hannah May Lee plays Sonia. That is um, the young girl from Pitch Perfect with the very, very quiet voice. Bella Thorne plays Allison. Emily 
Lind plays Melanie, and um, Andrew Batchelor plays John. Right, so they're your main guys you'd need to care about. Obviously, we've got Leslie Bibb, and we've got um, Ken Murano from Veronica Mars, Leslie Bibb from Talladega, and uh, Law Abiding Citizens, all those kind of shows. And yeah, you know, just it, there's so much fun to be had with this film in terms of one-liners, movie quotes, music, soundtrack, you could probably say, sorry, or the score to the art direction or the costumes, the shot production. Everything has something for someone to enjoy with this film. The gore, the horror, the the sexy, <laughs> the sex horror. It's like, you know, I don't know. You take your pick when you watch it. The violence is cool. The humor, it's just... The screenwriting, script writing, dialogue, it's all there for you to enjoy. This is a movie that should not be not watched. It should just should be on your to-watch list. It shouldn't have taken so long for me to watch it. When I did and I got to a certain point at the start of the movie, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, damn. I did not see that coming. You know, just that's, that's what you want in a movie. It would be just awesome to just see something pop up out of respect for Samara and her uncle Hugo. I'm like, you know what? She's doing really well. She's in a, a movie more recently called Hide and Seek. That's a bit of fun. This is probably a little bit better than that. Um, different storylines, obviously, but there's a lot of killing in that one as there is this one. But without, you know, obviously I'll give a bit of a spoiler. It turns out that this kid... That he has a cracker of a time with uh, Cole has a cracker of time with B in the house, and they do everything that they, I suppose you would do if you're in love with your babysitter, and yeah, he goes to bed. That's it, and then they're playing spin the bottle. All the characters I mentioned down the lounge room, and he wakes up thinking, like any young kid's going to do, he comes out and sits on the top of the staircase, similar to what we would do when we're checking on Santa Claus. We'll look down at the tree. Well, he's looking down on these guys playing spin the bottle. And what wasn't written in the script when they played spin the bottle, it landed on B, um, Samara's character. And the dare was kiss everyone in the party or everyone in the circle. Naturally, Max, the hot dude, the quarterback, who is probably hands down my favorite actor in this movie for lots of reasons, and I'm sure you'll figure out why. But she kisses him like super hard. It was almost like a headbutt kiss because the rule was, you know, kiss everyone in the circle, not not the kiss that he was probably thinking, but she did that. And then, of course, she comes across Bella Thorne's character, which you might know Bella Thorne. She's from um, Blended with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Uh, she's from Alexander and the No Good, Horrible, Terrible Day, I think it is, with Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner. She's sexy as fuck in this movie. She's in like a cheerleader's outfit and B has to kiss her and this is, wasn't written in the script, this part. But they make out like, and <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that scene. I'll tell you now. And once they're done doing their thing, they exchange, exchange chewing gum during the kiss, which is another thing. It's sort of like a, you remember, you remember that when you were a kid? You're making out with someone, you take the chew in, spit it back. It's kind of it's 
kind of nostalgic in a way because I know what they're doing with the movie. They're trying to make it, they're trying to appeal to a certain audience while appealing to another audience um, of a different age. They do really well for me on that. There's there's a couple little there's a couple of little extra things in there, but as far as the spoiler part's going to go, is that she finally comes around to this geeky kid that was part of this group, and it turns out he's a sacrifice for their ritual, and that's where it blows your mind because she makes out with this little geeky kid, and Samara Weaving does a fine, fantastic fucking job of doing it, making it sexy, and and this kid's just kissing the sexiest chick in the room, and and she pulls out these gigantic knives and stabs him in the fucking sides of the brain. <laughs> and that's when I was just like, whoa, are you kidding? I didn't see any trailers to this movie. I didn't get told anything about it except for seeing the title and a sexy-ass cheerleader on the cover, and it was a Netflix movie. So at that time, you're not really investing much of your time into Netflix films. Um, I did mostly after watching Altered Carbon and Polar and... Um, Annihilation, after I watched those movies, I started believing Netflix actually knew exactly what they wanted. They did everything they could to put the money towards it. And so now I watch a hell of a lot of Netflix original films. Once, you know, they do, there's just the one-liners, the movie quotes throughout this, throughout the start part. Once they get the blood out of this kid's head and, and there's a lot of joking around, they sort of focus back on Cole and you're like, what's how are they tying this in? Like, okay, babysitter, Cole's getting bullied, and it's a fucking orgy with satanic rituals going on downstairs. What what's happening here? But they obviously they need the blood of the innocent, which would be the reason why she's picked Cole. And he was supposed to be passed out from the drink that she gave him earlier on, but he didn't drink it because he's underage and he's a smart kid. But she that was a flaw on her behalf. The as the scenes move on throughout this film, it's not there's no it's not a character. There's only one character development in this f- film, and it's Cole, played by Judah. But you kind of look at him in the start; you just know they dressed him up to be a bit of a geek. He's got that look that he could handle himself. He's fairly well structured, and uh, yeah, so it's not it's believable. But the rest of the characters, there's no real development. They're all fucking antagonists, psychotic murderers. And uh, they, they're funny at the same time, and, and I do appreciate that. But in this film, all you're going to get is Cole and his ability to go from being bullied at school by a group of young kids that are always messing with him. But he, he, re- he talks back to them. Like, I don't know, I suppose in the true sense of a bully or being bullied, you normally shut your mouth and they just, you know, disturb you mentally. But in this one, Cole talks back a lot. And he questions the bully and he says things and then eventually the bully gets angry and pushes him over. So, you know, if he was a real bullied kid, you he wouldn't he wouldn't have this tough exterior that you see as this movie develops and that's where it's a bit obvious. They could have I don't know if they didn't have many kids to choose from, but this was the one they went with. So that's cool. But I as I said, let's just pass that part. They do a couple of little cool trick scenes in it, you know, the usual jump scare type stuff where Cole gets the blood taken from his arm in his bedroom when he's supposed to be asleep and, of course, he's not. But Samara, as Samara, she she knew. So she hung around in the room, but she wasn't there when he, you know, it's like she went out the door 
And then while he got ready for his escape out the window, Rapunzel style, he turns back around. She's standing there. And that's it. He takes him downstairs and he almost got away with it when he was tied to the chair. Cool things like the mirror placement so they can see him trying to break free of his restraints with a pocket knife. And Bella Thorne's like, oh, my God, look at him. He's so cute. He's trying to cut free of the knives because the mirror's there and we can see him doing it. Uh, those things are real fun. I like those quirks. He'd already called the cops earlier on and they rock up and they all shit the bed. But it's just it gets really violent. But he thought they were just having a sex orgy. So if he didn't have called the cops, he could probably have lived with that part. But he'd called the cops, said, I won't tell anyone about your sex orgy. And, of course, they believe this is just a young kid and maybe we can just let him live. But as soon as the cop car rocks up, that was it. B was just like, why are the cops here, Cole? And she's super cool and sexy at it as well. And he's like, I know, I called them. <laughs> this is where it just gets going. All I have to say is don't worry about any of the – yeah, there's violence and, and murder. You can worry about B and Coley's interactions later on and the scenes. I strongly believe this street resembles uh, the movie Project X. I might I, – I should look that up. Definitely the same house as Project X. Um, big window front right, door in the middle, staircase winds up. Uh, yeah, I, I – there's no pool in the background, but I'm sure it's like a universal set, so maybe that, that is. So that, that part was pretty pretty cool. But all I have to say is Max. The Max ends up with his shirt off. That's the he's played by Robbie Amell. He is fucking shredded, like ripped. And he I don't know, this kind of thing I, I actually really appreciate how this works. He chases Coley around. And but he gives him like that head start type thing, but just the back and forward banter between these two kids. Like obviously he's like he he wants this kid to fend for himself because maybe he sees a lot of himself when he's younger. I, I, you don't even need to look into it. Just appreciate the facts that Max has like got fucking murder in his eye, and he's chasing Coley around. And every time Coley does something, it just Max just gets more and more respect for the young kid because he's standing up for himself, even when he. He flips him on his back, kicks him in the nuts, and he gets up. And he's just like, you know, that's what I'm talking about, Coley. Woo! And he's like, yeah. And then he just decides to strangle him. And meanwhile, eggs are hitting his house. He's like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, and he's getting strangled. He's like, eggs, eggs in my house. He goes, no, are you shitting me? Like, go around and sort them out. <laughs> in a sense, he says to him, go around, sort them out before I kill you. Anyway, it goes terribly wrong. He doesn't sort shit out and that's where Max pulls him up and said, next time just punch him in the face, don't do anything else. He's like, all right. And then he right hooks Max in the side of the face and he's just like, all right, so you wouldn't do it to the bully kid, but you'd do it to the dude who's going to murder you because it's life or death, right? It's no different. You should probably stand up for yourself no matter what. I suppose that's the little message that's hidden in there, but either way, it's pretty freaking cool because that's where Max is like, that's what I'm talking about. Woo! <laughs> Gives him a head start again, runs off, chases him and starts uh, quoting a movie. I think it was um, it was either Halloween when he's around the bottom of the tree while Coley's up in the tree. Um, he makes this taunting noise and uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was this. No, it wasn't that one. It was... 
I thought it was a scary movie, but it's not. Oh, it's the from Friday Thirteenth when he's walking around the cheer the tree and he's just chanting. I'm just like, okay, sounds very similar to um, Scary Movie or Scream. I suppose they've all got a little bit of that slasher thing going on. The kill scenes in this movie are very kid-like and that is okay because Cole is 12 years old so I wouldn't want him to be anything else. You know, one of the kills is with a fucking firework the other one is up in the tree house with egg and slippery and the other one was a uh, fell off the staircase after he slipped on a remote control car and one of them was a friggin car coming through the wall of the house and whatnot so that that's perfect well done i'm glad they didn't go too crazy and made it a little bit more teenagey sort of young adolescent type kills I really appreciate that when they do these films because you just don't want it to get messed up in that whole adult realm. There are some adults in this movie, you could probably say, maybe late teens, I guess. Um, but that's fine by me to do that stuff. The story gets a little bit deeper as the ending comes along and not too much deeper, but you can tell they're sort of advertising for a second or a sequel, uh, which they did soon release. And all the same cast not all the same cast but only two cast members are in the second one i started watching it and felt a little bit tacky so i stopped because i just appreciate this first film so much as the way of as i said it's a fun film everyone's going to get something out of it uh the the dialogue even the the animations um like for instance when cole is looking for something to retaliate back with and he comes across the firework and you think it's going to be something like a hammer or whatever, but he pulls out this gigantic firework and, and the whole the scene pauses and up pops the caption of, hell yeah. Because if you're 12 years old, you've still got that fire. He still wants to use a firework, right? It's the one thing he can't have and he's got this gigantic firework, so he's going to use it to kill someone. It's pretty Rambo. I, I don't mind that part. So it's, it's very fun. It's got a lot of color. Netflix have always done well with how they shoot the scenes and the color of the variations they use. The characters are on point. They're all they're all in there. They're, they're very theatrical, very dramatic. Max is my favorite. Samara Weaving is hot and just super awesome in everything she does. And you know what? That's all I got to say. Max, uh, not Max, um, McGee. As the director do it, did a fine job. I don't know if he did the second one though. I have to look that up. But anyway, that was it. I don't have anything else. I don't want. There's plenty more in the movie to see. I just mentioned a couple of little things that were worth mentioning. So when you get a chance, jump on the old Netflix. Look up that 2017 The Babysitter, Samara Weaving, Judah Lewis, Bella Thorne, Leslie Bibb. Check it out. It's a great flick. You'll enjoy it. As always, thanks for listening and I'll chat with you guys later. Bye-bye.